0: And ladies, this man, it's who he is. Your job is to get behind his eyes, see how he sees life. Your job, gentlemen, is to get behind your wife's eyes and to really to understand what makes Jean tick. And she's not like any other women. So when you and I are talking about women today or men, keep in mind, all men are not the same. All women are not the same. That's your job that God's given to you to be the the PI, the private investigator into what this woman or man is all about.
1: Dr. Kevin Lehman is back with us today on Focus on the Family and your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly. Thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. Hey, we all want to have a marriage
2: where we're free to share our deepest thoughts, feelings, and dreams with our spouse. And when we're dating, it's easy to talk about that for hours. Right, Jean?
3: Absolutely. <laughs>
2: and uh, that's what happens. We talk about those things and we develop that intimacy and then we get busy. We get married, we have the kids and we're paying the bills and we take care of the house and the in-laws and the outlaws and everything else. And that's why I'm really grateful that last time we started a discussion with Dr. Kevin Lehman on his book, The Intimate Connection. I invited Jean to join us, my great wife, and it was a great conversation, I
1: thought. Jen. Lots of energy. There of was. Great insights. And we're going to uh, kick it into day two and continue that discussion. And uh, as was mentioned, Dr. Lehman is a prolific speaker, author and psychologist. He does a lot of TV and radio. He's been here, I think, 50 times or more <laughs> and uh, always a popular guest with our audience. Uh, he's written a book called The Intimate Connection, Secrets to a Lifelong Romance. Kevin and Gene, welcome
3: back. Well, thank you. It's wonderful being back.
1: I enjoyed yesterday,
0: and I think I'm going to enjoy today. That was fun, talking about how God made us different and (laughs) trying to do a better job of becoming one. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. I'm laughing about
2: all the one-liners you had, but it was great. Jean uh, has said you're probably one of her most favorite authors, so I'm a little jealous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, God bless her and little <laughs> yeah. So that's a great place to start but Kevin one secret you identify that can lead to a stronger healthier marriage so the listeners are leaning in and that is to understand your spouse's temperament um, what's that mean I think I understand that but how and why is that important
0: well you know we're all wired differently uh, people come out of the womb differently there's four personality types that have been uh, talked about for years and that's the melancholic. Now I'm the guy that wrote the birth order book and whenever I think about the melancholic I think of the only children. We're going to do it the right way (laughs) and some of you are married to people who know exactly the right way to do things
3: I'm a little offended by that I wasn't an only child but but she knows the right way yeah.
0: <laughs> afterward we need to discuss your birth order and your family because there's there's something amiss there. Oh, that yes. you could do what there's you've done lot. in life and not be the firstborn that's a baffler to me, but uh the cholerics are the do it my way, so you got to do it the right way you got do it my way. Those guys are psychological. First cousins. They're very, very similar. (laughs) So, choleric in the birth order, where
2: does that usually fall?
0: The firstborn. Firstborn as well. Yeah. And and again, all you firstborn children who are listening, you got in trouble for what your younger sister and brother did. I don't care what she did. Mm -hmm. You're the oldest. I expect more to you. So, a lot of leadership comes from the firstborn, okay? And then, of course, you have the phlegmatics. Now, if there's one thing I'd hate to be called in life... (laughs) It's a phlegmatic. It sounds like something you'd get in the ocean that would stick to your skin and you couldn't get rid of it. I mean, I never like that term. But those are those adorable middle children who are the peanut butter and jelly of the sandwich. They're the, the best part. They, they, they mediate. They, they're peacemakers. They go with the flow. And, and then, of course, there's the sanguines like Kevin Lehman, and that's do it the fun way. But here's what's interesting in marriage. I identify with that. Oh, yeah. There's only one way, the fun way. We're sanguine. (laughs) But you marry the list maker. I always tell people, Sandy and I, we live in a two-story house. Her story and mine. (laughs) (laughs) We we do see things so differently. Oh, yes. And I call her the Martha Luther because she's the great reformer. (laughs) And and it's like I'm the leopard, and she's going to take out her psychological Brillo pad and start working on my spots. And ladies, this man, it's who he is. Your job is to get behind his eyes, see how he sees life. Your job, gentlemen, is to get behind your wife's eyes and to really to understand what makes Jean tick. And she's not like any other women. So when you and I are talking about women today or men, keep in mind all men are not the same. All women are not the same. That's your job that God's given to you to be the, the PI, the private investigator into what this woman or man is all about. Let me, let me, let's bring it
2: back to the temperaments, because I think it's important that we uh, get a basic understanding that our spouse's temperament can help de-escalate conflict. I mean, it gives you a framework
0: for understanding triggers and other things, so right? So let me, let me ask you a question, because those firstborns, you know who you are. You know exactly how life ought to be. Your husband's driving. He hangs a simple left-hand turn. And it's only you can say, Martha Luther, is, why are you turning here? <laughs> you got a better plan. And so remember, competition in marriage is not good. Marriage is not a competitive sport. Nobody wins in marriage. And so my advice is have a good role definition in your marriage. Honey, I'll do this, and you do that. And we'll come together on these other things. Without that role definition, I think you'll kill each other. Well, in fact, competition, that does pop up even when you don't assume that you're
2: competitive. Gene, you have a story about that, I think, early in our marriage.
3: I do. That was our our first year of marriage.
0: Those are always fun. Oh,
3: my. And we... Jim and I were working for a company, and we traveled around the country. This is a great
2: first-year thing to do.
3: Showing uh, multimedia presentations, motivational drug and alcohol abuse.
2: Programs at high schools, yeah. right. So we went to 17 states in nine months. We had days off. It was
3: great. (laughs) Well, that's another broadcast. A long honeymoon.
2: (laughs) It was was wonderful. I remember one (laughs) one time. This is so funny. So Gene... You know, she has attributes where she she likes a little solitary time. You know, we've been together 24 7 for months. And she said, at one point, she said, I'm going to go to the store and just get a few things that we need. And I said, Well, I'll come with you. And she looked at me and said, No, no, you you could stay here at the hotel. I'm just going to go do this. (laughs) I was was like, You don't like me? I mean, we've been together 24 7 for like five months at this
3: point. We just needed to go to the store alone. (laughs) Anyway,
2: but that wasn't the competitive part.
3: competitive part but it was the same trip and while we are doing this multimedia show with three large screens and Jim and I would take turns running the different sides of that and this day I was doing the nine slide projectors and the reel-to-reel and If a lamp went out, if a light bulb went out, part of the screen would go black. So you quickly had to pull that out and put in a new one, and so that was my job. And and I was trying to do it, and Jim runs over, and does it for me.
2: It was like you know karate style. The bulb was in, it was up, we were going.
3: But a couple of things happened. One, I was I was put out. (laughs) I was really miffed and felt like, you know what? I'm not good enough. I can't do this by myself. But I also was really pretty horrified that I felt that with my newlywed husband. I did not know I was competitive. I was, what, 25 years old Mm -hmm. and did not know that about myself until that moment.
0: Fiercely yeah. competitive.
3: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I didn't way. realize that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's,
0: she's, yeah. well, a lot of achievers in life need to owe up to the fact that they're competitive by nature. And many times at their spouse's expense or other people's oh, expense. yeah yes. sure. Yeah, but uh, here's the question for a couple who struggles with competition. Who's winning your marriage? And it should be the other one. Yeah, um, and, right. There's no winner. Right? Some people are no still is. thinking, well, I'm not sure. It's a team <laughs> it's the, uh, sport. your
2: spouse that should be winning. Yeah. You outline uh, several of the power games that couples play with each other. Describe the game you call Turtle Shell Mamba. Yeah, I like that one because
0: <laughs> I know if, if I get upset, my first reaction is to get quiet. Yes. That's a lot of men. Yeah, a lot men, of us men would draw in. And it's sort of like, well, you go ahead and do whatever you want, but... You can flip me on my shell, but I'm not coming out right. until I I feel like I'm safe again. What does a woman do in that case when she feels her husband withdraw? All right. You see a pattern. These aren't isolated things, a pattern where a man withdraws. And when he withdraws, you know that something's going on that he's not happy with. It may not be you. It might be something that happened at work. But you say, honey, I can tell that something's eating you. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about it now. And this goes back to Granting your spouse respect, because you may want to talk about it now because you see something going on, but if you're like Jim Daly and you go to well I'll go to bed early, you don't want to take on life's troubles at eight thirty. <laughs> right.
3: That's good. Maybe advice. tomorrow
0: would be better, honey, or surprise him. When was the last time you, as a wife, sent your husband an email that said, you know, I stopped at. Victoria's Secrets and picked up a little something. It's a little surprise for you, but you're gonna to have to wait till Saturday. Here's a principle in marriage. Anticipation is as good as or better than participation. First Peter three seven says, Live with your bride with understanding. Well, ladies, let me tell you something about that husband of yours. He has no friends, he has associates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has bowling associates. This goes back to our arm's length. And, and younger men today who are listening, thank the Lord you do have friends now. Men are much That's better true. husbands today than they used to be. But some of us in the older generation, middle age on up, a lot of us don't have friends. You're it. And I'm pointing to Gene. You know? And a lot of us as men, we have all this stuff that we deal with, and it eats us up, and we need somebody to unload it to. And sometimes it comes out in dangerous forms. So you got the man who's going to withdraw. you got the man that's going to strike back and be angry. One of them I call dump truck, dump truck, who's got the dump truck. And you sort of (laughs) dump on your mate. It's sort of like you have steer manure in a little dump truck, and you've had a bad day, so you're going to find your wife and push that magic button and watch that big thing go and dump steer manure on your wife. And again, you've unloaded your load all right, but what have you done to your spouse? Or how about no honey you go ahead and play golf i'll stay home here with your with your mother hope you have a great mm-hmm. time actually what you're saying is i hope you lose your 3 iron and break your 7 iron
3: <laughs> and so and I'll, your leg while you're yeah. out
0: yeah. but a lot of things are just sort of cheap shots but they're just there's symptoms that hey you haven't been paying attention to me you have not been affectionate to me you haven't been communicative with me so all these things are going to come to the surface if you don't deal with them and that's why that 311 we talked about it so important. last time, so how do how does a couple
2: start feeling like a team we 've kind of isolated how the how would they get into this pit,, yeah. but how do they turn that around I let's think, I mean someone listening right now may go home tonight at the dinner table and say, "Honey, I heard Dr. Lehman unfocused yeah. today
0: i 've been thinking about some things, and you know i think i've uh, i've made a lot of mistakes, so the first thing is is that And, you know, honey, I I don't know what I'm talking about. I might be way out in left field here, but, and then you slip her the commercial announcement or you slip him the commercial announcement. I think we've gotten off the beaten path. When was the last time we prayed together? When was the last time we did this? And and start talking positive instead of negative. Don't be bashing or pointing fingers. Use some I statements. I feel bad that we're in this position today. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, do you feel as close to me right now as you'd like to? Yeah. Well, no. Well, I don't either. Let's figure this out together. You know, we have
2: a a great uh, intensive program for married couples who are in trouble. And and a lot of them have signed divorce papers. But one of the things that I've learned just observing that is so much of this gets down to communication. I mean, we just don't uh, learn how to communicate with each other effectively. And in fact, I mean, this is a more humorous uh, component of that. But Gene, you and I had that great communication error when we were at some water park you want to let people know about this is so funny. This is classic, Kevin, and I'd love your input on this one.
3: Oh my, it doesn't make me look very good. Um, Our family was at a water park and we arrived around lunchtime. We were going to get lunch. We're first in line for a locker and the line, all the lines were really long. So Jim stayed in the locker line and uh, we agreed that I would go to the first snack shack, and they didn't have french fries to go with my veggie burger, <laughs> and I really wanted french fries. So I knew that line was long for the locker. Oh, so this I gets thought I, bad. Hang so on. So I thought I had enough time to run to the second snack shack. I can see it coming.
2: <laughs> yeah. Although we communicated at this point, and she was going to run along to look for these you know, French fries from somewhere. And I said, okay, let's just meet back here at this table. This is a huge, like 300 acre place. And you get lost in this place, you're done. And so Jean said, okay, let's meet back here.
3: Yeah. And what happened after that? That (laughs) that place didn't have French fries. (laughs) And so they told me the next place. So I was thinking I'm probably not going to get to the table in time. But I think I actually thought that Jim would somehow know Mm -hmm. that I was sequentially going from snack Check to see. I think she was shack. in another
2: country at one point. And I don't know. <laughs> so
3: I'm gone, and uh, there's long lines. First and, hour goes by. Okay. No, well, <laughs> I don't know how long it was. Those and French I get back to the important. table, and there's no gym, and the, and the boys, the boys were long they were gone. gone. And so I realized they're not there. I go to the lockers. They're not anywhere to be found. And I this is just bizarre. I kind of start panicking. I didn't know what locker they had. My, <laughs> I had no identification. I had no money. I, my cell phone was probably in the locker. And I became like this lost five-year-old little girl. And I'm like panicked. I think I'm thinking I'm going to have to sleep in the water park, that they're not going to let me out.
2: I'd say fear had gripped
3: you. Fear? Uh, yes. And I'm walking around the park for two hours and we can't find each other. Okay, Jim, when we finally did meet, what happened? <laughs>
2: well, I had sat there for, uh, literally for maybe an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes. I did. That no, was like that long. And so then I decided she's lost. My little wife was gone, so I walk this whole water park, looking under every bridge on the thing, and you know every ride. I'm looking at the lines. I must have spent another hour looking for. I come back to the very table, and Gene, Gene, and I meet at the table, and she's mad at me. Oh yeah, (laughs) she's like uncorked. (laughs) These Jim and Gene stories. How could you leave me? I'm going, I was here for like an hour and 45 minutes waiting for you. And then I, I went looking for you on this 300-acre lot. I've oh, been looking for you for the okay. last three hours.
3: But I don't know if I've ever told you this. <laughs> is this going to create a fight? fight on. No. This is you good. know what the real problem was? Yes, you can't stick to a <laughs> okay, plan. No, and it wasn't, <laughs> oh, it is going to well, be okay, a fight. That is a, that's true. I do have a problem We'll meet that. at the table. Okay, I do definitely have a problem with that. No, I was feeling insecure about my body. And that set me off for the whole day. I'm not kidding. And my, my body was really covered with long sleeve rash guard and board shorts. And there was only one other woman in the water park who was more covered than me from head to toe. That is why I went wacko that day. That's what really was the problem. (laughs) This is the first
2: time I've heard this.
3: Talking about communication. Had I started the day by saying, Jim, we're going to a water park. I'm feeling insecure about my body. It would have changed the entire day.
0: It gets back to taking the time to communicate the reality of what I'm feeling inside, and lots of times for a lot of different reasons, and I think this goes back to how we grew up, how we saw mom and dad, what we brought, the baggage we brought in. I always remind people, it's not two people who got married; it's at least six, because huh. you marry your families, and you That's marry right. what whatever garbage was there you That's bring right. to the altar. And you have to work through those things early in your marriage, or you're going to end up paying for it. It's going to pop up from time to time. But, you know, the, the Lord we serve is a great God. He wants what's best for us. And like I said earlier, I think most of our marriage problems are spiritual problems. We just try to gut it out on ourselves without saying, Lord, I need your help. Holy Spirit, help me. Guide me. Let me say the things that I need to say. Before I came here today at my hotel— I issued a very short prayer, Lord, just help the words glorify you. Mm-hmm. That's and right. And it's easy to try to glorify yourself or to be selfish. That's the carnal part of man. But it takes that daily commitment to work toward oneness, to be a real couple. And if you do, your kids are taking emotional notes, spiritual notes, on. On what life's all about to well, take Jean, their I'm cues sorry from
2: you. I'm sorry I didn't know you well enough to uh handle that differently.
3: Well, no, you couldn't read my mind, and that's a that's a women really...
0: want men to read their I minds no <laughs> and, and
3: it took me a long time in marriage to realize how unfair that is, and that Jim can't read my mind. And that I need to tell him my expectations or You do that I,
0: a lot better than we used to Right.
3: Do that, I so. had to learn that. Thank One you. of and my
0: favorite all time things happened in my life when my wife says, Honey, do you want to stop for ice cream? And I said, Uh no. I kept driving. Two minutes later she's crying. I go, What's wrong with you? I want to stop for ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> so when a woman says, Jim, do you want to stop for ice cream? she's not asking a question. <laughs> This takes us all the way back to yesterday about Gene's birthday. Yes, <laughs> Thanks does. a lot, Kevin.
3: By the way, I'll tell terrible. you what I'm going to do.
0: I'm going to stay a couple extra days
4: <laughs> yes, in Colorado Springs,
0: and I'm going to help you, too. <laughs> thank you. Finally,
2: after 33 years <laughs> of marriage. Hey, yeah, we have covered a lot of ground, but let's think of the takeaways for the listener. What are just three or four things, Dr. Lehman? Uh, you mentioned treat your partner as a gift, making loving your partner daily choice. Those are
0: good ideas. Yeah, Fill embrace, in the blanks. Embrace the differences. Don't that, let them irritate you. Well, the things that you're attracted to early in your dating are sometimes the things that really do irritate you later on. But embrace the idea of oneness. Embrace the idea that you really do need each other. I never told you how much I disliked Barbara Streisand, did I? <laughs> <But laughs> Didn't she, know. She, she sang a song called People. People who need people are what? The luckiest people in the world. Do you realize as a couple you really need each other? That this is a couple. It's not a competitive event. And so working together and not pointing fingers, but saying, honey, let's work on this together. And that I love you never goes out of style. Neither does basic courtesy in marriage. Yeah.
2: You know, I'm thinking of that either husband or wife, and I'll use the wife because I think it leans that direction most often where she doesn't feel connected any longer, emotionally, spiritually, maybe even physically. She's drawn into this conversation. Okay, there's some things I need to do. Maybe it's the husband. But what would you say to that person where the intimacy, and I'm not talking just physical intimacy, just the connection between
0: the two of them is evaporated. Well, I know how they feel because I talk with them all the time still. And what do they do? They feel isolated and they feel trapped. They don't know which way to go they so what's a deacon that drop in the water? church. They're what? an elder yeah. in the church. What are people going to think? And we have nothing to say to each other. I would love, and we probably don't have time, but I would love to read a poem to you guys. Do it. If I may. It's called The Wall. Just listen to it. And it represents so many couples today, and it saddens my heart to think about this. Their wedding picture mocked them from the table, those two whose minds no longer touched each other. They lived with such a heavy barricade between them that neither battering ram of words nor artilleries of touch could break it down. Somewhere between the oldest child's first tooth and the youngest daughter's graduation, they lost each other. Throughout the years, each slowly unraveled their tangled ball of string called self, and as they tugged at stubborn knots, each hid his searching from the other. Sometimes she cried at night and begged the whispering darkness to tell her who she was. He lay beside her, snoring like a hibernating bear, unaware of her winter. She took a course in modern art, trying to find herself, in colors splashed upon a canvas, complaining to other women about men who are insensitive. He climbed into a tomb called The Office, wrapped his mind in a shroud of paper figures, and buried himself in customers. Slowly the wall between them rose, cemented by the mortar of indifference. One day, reaching out to touch each other, they found a barrier they could not penetrate— and recoiling from the coldness of the stone, each retreated from the stranger on the other side. For when love dies, it's not in a moment of angry battle, nor in, when fiery bodies lose their heat. It lies panting, exhausted, expiring at the bottom of a wall. It could not scale. Well,
1: that's a pretty sobering reminder about the importance of staying connected to your spouse. And please know there's always hope in Christ. Even if it seems like you're in a dark spot right now, you can come back and know your spouse deeply. As that verse in Luke reminds us, nothing is impossible with God. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire Focus on the Family team, thanks for joining us today. I'm John Fuller.
4: Well, that really was a sobering end to a great conversation with Dr. Kevin Lehman and Jean Daly over the last two days. But it was a necessary reminder to us of the intentionality that's needed in marriage to keep it alive. I hope you feel encouraged today that your marriage can improve if it's felt difficult and dull. Allow God to guide you and remember Kevin's words about serving one another. And get a copy of Kevin's great book, The Intimate Connection. You can get your copy when you call us on 031-716-3300, or when you visit our website at safamily.co.za. And I hope you'll remember to pray for Focus on the Family. The fact is that hundreds of married couples and single adults will reach out for help in the coming months. Couples who are struggling with a crisis in their relationship. Or husbands and wives who are simply looking for godly resources to help them grow closer together. And of course, singles who are preparing for a future marriage. You can play a part in helping these families to thrive in Christ. Participate in our matching gift campaign during the month of February. And every rand you give to Focus will be doubled thanks to the generosity of some very special friends. Please consider a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, whatever you can afford. Working together, we can give more families hope in the days and weeks and months ahead. You'll find details on how to make a donation on our website at safamily.co.za or please feel free to give us a call. I'm Alison Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you to join us next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.